Welcome to the Kara's Cures Digital Show and Podcast, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundlin. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. Well, with the great resignation, there is the opportunity for the great reimagination of the workplace. And this is an episode perhaps you want to share with your boss or your HR team to help your workplace. My guest is Dr. Jessica Grossmeyer. She is the author of Reimagining Workplace Well-Being and a Leading Voice in Workplace Well-Being. So thank you so much for being with us, Doc. Thanks so much for having me. You know, with unprecedented quit rates and burnout, what do we need to do to create more well-being at work? Well, when employees were asked who quit their jobs last year, what they were looking for in their future workplace, they said that they wanted to experience more meaning in their work, to feel seen, valued, and heard, and to be more fulfilled and connected to something bigger than themselves and not just fulfilling company profits. Traditional workplace well-being programs have not addressed these emerging employee needs, and employers say they're looking for more effective approaches. Rethinking workplace well-being, to me, requires that employers address what are innate human needs of wanting meaningful work, to feel a deeper sense of connection and belonging at work, and to feel connected to something bigger than themselves. So what does that look like? I know here at our place, we're doing more um, meditation. Uh, they're sending out links. They're at, but, uh, and not to say we're not doing some good things. I think we are. But what does it really look like so that someone can feel like they have meaning at work? That's such a great question. And I think a lot of employers have been nibbling around the edges of these things. They simply need to take a more strategic approach. And organizations have been becoming more purpose-driven in recent years. The whole conscious capitalism movement says we need to be focused on things beyond just profitability. How can the organization benefit society as a whole? And that's great because it attracts employees who are interested in connecting to something bigger than themselves. So that's a start. But employers don't need to stop there. They also need to activate individual purpose. And so even though somebody might as an individual feel like they agree with the company's bigger purpose, they still need to find meaning in their everyday job and to understand how the everyday things that I do, sometimes of which are not glamorous, they're mundane, and we don't always get recognition for what we're doing. And so employers need to help employees think about what is my purpose and how can I bring what I care about into the work that I do and allow myself to express my purpose through my work. And it, there are ways that employers can do this. So that's one good start. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the ways. If you're a worker, how do you advocate effectively for more well-being at work without looking like you don't want to work? Wow, that's a good question. We are a multitasking culture. <laughs> and so we always think we have to be doing five or 10 things at a time in order to be appear to be productive. But research actually shows that when we monotask, when we're able to focus our attention on the things that really matter and the highest priorities, that we will actually be more effective and more productive and have better results. And so part of that means actually clearing away some of the clutter and the distraction that allow employees to be more grounded and present and mindful in what they're doing. And so the mindfulness trainings that you're doing and, and making space for that is a good start. But we also need to create just space and margin in the workday for people to recover from the constant demands of our work. Because when they have those little micro moments of recovery, just to take a breath, just to 
recalibrate <laughs> from an intense meeting, that allows them to come back at their work even just moments later and be able to think in a more innovative way, be able to problem solve more effectively, and it enhances their ability to um, really balance multiple priorities at once. So how important is appreciation at work? Oh, it's very important. One of the things that I talk about in my book is how we need to create cultures that help people to feel like they can experience joy at work, which, which sounds a little bit out there, but, but there is actually a lot of research that shows when we are able to connect with one another in ways that are more meaningful and not just recognize each other for what we've done, but who we are at work. So it's recognizing one another's strengths and celebrating those strengths. And, and sometimes that means recognizing that people are different than we are and they have different strengths and saying, I recognize that you're good at this and I'm not, and helping people to feel appreciated for who they are as people and not just what they accomplish at work. Yeah, and we talk about this a lot in our private lives and, and people are, are, are developing spiritual practices. Regardless of, uh, we want to be clear, regardless of what religion you have or anything else, you're advocating that some of these spiritual practices um, allow us to be inspired at work. We kind of need to blend that. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how we need to welcome the whole person into the workplace because research shows that when employees are able to express their true selves at work, it is linked to employee engagement rates and job satisfaction and enjoyment of our work. A whole person approach means creating space for every individual to contribute and be valued for who they are as they are with their own unique perspective and experience. And diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives have recognized the whole person approach includes gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, age, social, and cultural diversity, why not also our spiritual differences? And when I talk about spirituality, I talk about it including people's deepest beliefs about who they are, what matters most to them, and how they view themselves within the context of the universe. And if we can talk about dicey issues like political divisions and racial um, discrimination and gender orientation, we can tackle this issue as well. We have the skill sets to do that. It's about approaching these conversations with respect, with curiosity, and recognizing that my point of view is my point of view, but I actually benefit when I understand other points of view as well. All right, so we all want more money, but does a higher salary <laughs> fix the quitting or do we really need meaning over money to end this great resignation? A lot of employers are responding with increased compensation, benefits, more flexibility in the work. And these are all really good things, but they're table stakes. <laughs> all, all organizations need to be doing these things. And so how does an organization differentiate itself so that it can continue to attract and retain the top employees? And I think that they do need to be looking at these innate human needs. You know, 86% of individuals say that they are, spiritual to some extent. And there is research that demonstrates that when we address spirituality, which is about finding meaning and purpose in our work and about establishing a sense of connection and belonging, when we do those things, we're actually helping our employees to be more resilient, to experience less depression, less anxiety, and there are higher or there are lower turnover rates and higher retention rates exposed to this. So there is 
substantial research that supports when you when you are doing these things, you're actually going to be more competitive in the marketplace as an employer. So how does that look? If you're a boss or you're trying to run this, how do you incorporate that? Is that about going up and making sure you ask how your employees are doing or you're saying thank you? Or I mean, so much of corporate America now is more emailing. Do you think how do leaders do this so they can actually what could they do today that would start making a difference? Yeah, thank you. And the first part of my answer is yes. Those things that you mentioned are, are some of the right things. You know, a lot of this comes down to how we're treating one another at work. And this, this idea of, of what are the desirable behaviors that actually create a culture and an environment where people thrive and support one another and feel supported by their employer, it comes down to how we're treating each other. And so if you're a manager or supervisor or even an executive leader, the onus of responsibility is to look at how do our policies and practices help people to feel supported? How do we make space for people to live out their well-being in their work and what practices and policies are getting in the way. We also need to be providing leaders with training to remind them this, these are the behaviors that help people to feel psychologically safe at work. Get to know your employees on a more personal level. And for some managers and supervisors, that requires one permission it's not just about getting the job done and focusing on key performance indicators. It's about getting to know your employees as people, understanding what's important to them, understanding what feels like encouragement to them and what feels like reward and recognition. Because in the diversity that makes up the, the workforce, people react differently to different kinds of leadership styles. And so getting to know people as people is a great start. And it starts by by asking them, but there's also a lot of research to guide us about what are the right skills that behaviors need to be exhibiting. Yeah, and I think we have a cover of your book, if we can put that up just so people can see it. Maybe uh, it's Reimagining Workplace Wellbeing. So uh, as we get time to um, you know, close this conversation out, I wanna know, I know everyone wants lower turnout rates. We all wanna fill the jobs. We've got several posted here, but what would be one thing that organizations, and, and I guess we need to talk about the people running them, what would be one thing that the bosses could do starting today, that's doable, that doesn't take a lot of money or time, but let's just start this to really foster moving in the direction you're talking about of creating more well-being and ending all these resignations. So I'm going to put something out there that I think everybody can do. It's just a matter of whether they take the time. And that's to encourage storytelling. And that starts with leaders telling their stories about what's meaningful to them, what they care about, and helping workers to see them as people, because I think leadership can be a very lonely place to be. We feel like we have to put on this veneer of confidence and competence and all of that, which, which leaders do need to do. But more and more, we're seeing the recognition that authentic leadership is something that, that people really respond to. And when leaders start to let down their guard a little bit and give people a peek inside of here's who I am as a person. You know, I go to dog shows on weekends because I've got this show dog or something. It can be whatever it is. It's hobbies, it's interests. And people connect around those things. And that spark of connection is what brings joy and fulfillment in the workplace. It really doesn't have to be these big momentous things. It can be these small little moments of seeing other people, allowing yourself to be seen by them. Yep. Some great advice there, Doctor, and uh, I want to let everyone know, um, it's, it's, uh, they, if you want to give a shout out to your website, it's just your name, right? So if we want to find the book, and is the book available everywhere too? 
Yes, it's currently available on Amazon and will soon be available wherever online books are sold. Okay, so Je Jessica Grossmeyer, if you're watching on the screen, you'll see it up there. If you're listening on the podcast, the name is G-R-O-S-S-M-E-I-E-R, -S -S -E -E JessicaGrossmeyer.com. Uh, it might be something, especially if you're uh, either renegotiating contract or you're a leader in an organization, just to be thinking about this. Because, again, you're not talking necessarily about all kinds of huge structural changes. It's more that we actually look at people as being human beings at work and connecting with them that way that could make a big difference. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate the shout out. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. And you can find more content on Kara's Cures right here on our streaming news app. Go back and watch other episodes on the cutting edge of wellness. You can also follow me at Kara Sundlin on social media. I like to post this content there. Have a great day and be well.